Hey everybody, this is Laura, and welcome back to Lawless Amateur Whining. It's been about two weeks since I recorded, and I actually managed to watch new things to talk about, so I'm going to talk about them. Uh, <laughs> pollen's sort of kicking my ass right now. This is this has been like the never-ending season of pollen, so I'm a little like, bleh, like with my voice seems a little scratchy. So... I've got my Dr. Pepper here lined up to like help me. So um, hopefully I won't sound too like grovelly or like blah. Okay, so we watched, um, it was probably like two weeks ago that we watched this now. And I was going to talk about it and then I didn't end up watching anything of significance. So I just sort of put it on the back burner for the next time I recorded because I got... <laughs> Um, sort of restarted on the closer for the three millionth time, I think, in my life. And I was just sort of listening to that as background. It's funny, like, I've started that show more times than I honestly can remember, but I've literally never finished it. I couldn't tell you what happens in the very last episode or even the last season of that show. I just, I usually watch it to, like, season three, and then I stop it, and then I restart it because I think those are the best seasons. That's usually what happens with TV shows anyway. Well, besides Peaky Blinders. But anyways. Okay, so like two weeks ago, we watched this movie. It's a new movie, quote unquote, on HBO called The Night House. And it's starring this girl, um, Rebecca Hall. And I noticed that she was also an executive producer for the movie. You would probably remember her. She was... Um, she was from Iron Man 3. She was like the botanist slash evil villain assistant in that movie. And um, I, I don't see her having a lot of range because this character in the Nighthouse seemed to have a very similar sort of personality as her Iron Man 3 character. So it's sort of like, Okay, maybe this is just sort of a pet project, or maybe she is just herself in movies. I don't know. But it also had um, the girl who played her best friend in the movie is Sarah Goldberg. And she's from uh, the TV show Barry, which is also coming back soon. I don't, I don't know if I've seen her in anything else. That's the main thing that I know her from. In Barry, she plays Sally. And I hate that character so much. I could go, I could probably write like a dissertation about why I hate Sally on the TV show Barry because I just hate the way that she's written. But I, I digress. I, I'll, I'm not mad at the actress. She can't help the way her character was written and she plays it well. So it's cool. But um, The Night House made it, so I watched the trailer. And I was like, oh, this is going to be fun, like sort of a haunted house sci-fi theme or, you know, it was it seemed like a thriller and like her husband's up to some no good whatever shenanigans. Right. OK, this this sounds fun. So we turned it on. And first of all, like the soundtrack was crap. I don't know if they just had an extremely low budget and they just threw in stuff from their own personal iPod that they just had with them on set. But in my notes, I actually wrote like shitty 90s music question mark. It, and what the fuck is this music question mark? So it was just 
it sort of took you out of it because it, it didn't feel like current day kind of music. It sort of felt like this was supposed to be an old movie with old music, but it's present day and it's present day living. I don't know. It, I was confused and I hated the music. Um, I also sort of thought, <clears throat> excuse me, from the beginning that it seems like this was sort of like um, that old movie, The Lake House with Sandra Bullock. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but it was, <laughs> and look, this is a long time ago, and I don't remember the exact plot of the movie, but basically Sandra Bullock lived in this house and would like write letters and put them in the mailbox. And then the mailbox was like a time machine and Keanu Reeves, who lived in the same house, just a different time period, would get the letters. So <laughs> I didn't understand, like, is this supposed to be like a creepy version of the lake house because the lake house is supposed to be sort of like a romance but it was fucking weird in a sci-fi movie um but then it, there were all these weird things that would happen okay so the premise of the night house right this lady is living in this house and it's on a lake right in the woods um somewhere in new york i'm guessing upstate new york we noticed the license plate said new york on them and her husband has recently killed himself and they've been together for a long time and built this house and moved into this house and everything was fine or so we thought. And then the husband killed himself. And that's where the movie starts. Like he's already dead when the movie starts. And then like weird things start happening. Like she she's like in the basement and she can hear somebody walking around upstairs and like she wakes up and like the front door is wide open and um, she's seeing like shadow figures move around in the house. But it's like this shit only happens at night. So you can't you don't really know. Is she dreaming this? Is her ghostly husband coming back and visiting her but only at night? And there's like times like she's in the shower and all of a sudden the stereo turns on the shitty music like full blast. Which is off-putting and also terrifying at the same time. But um, she starts to investigate. Like, she gets a text message from her dead husband's phone. And she replies to it. And she gets a response. And so, obviously, she freaks out. And she goes and finds where the phone is. And it's turned off. And she turns it on. And there's no text messages so she just she was getting like ghostly text messages so she decides to start going through her husband's phone and she starts seeing pictures of like other women on his phone that kind of look like her but they're not her so she starts kind of backtracking and see if she can figure out what he was doing in his life because obviously he had this whole other life that was going on on the side so she thinks like oh he was just having an affair and he was just cheating on me and he's not this great husband that I thought he was he was this horrible guy and it also comes out during the plot line that as a teenager she had been in I guess a really bad car accident and quote-unquote died but was brought back to life and um they ask her what she saw when she died and she said nothing and <laughs> they keep referring to it as like, there was nothing, there's nothing, nothing, nothing. 
so this is a really convoluted plot. It's it like now that I'm saying it out loud and like retelling the story, I'm going, how the fuck did somebody pitch this as a movie? And someone else thought like, hell yeah, that sounds really awesome. Let's do this. Because I'm saying it out loud and I'm really realizing how fucking stupid this plot sounds. Um, so we'll fast forward a little bit. She confronts one of the women that he had taken pictures of. And I guess, and she was like, no, nah, we didn't have an affair. Like we went out for coffee and I guess they quote unquote kissed, but they didn't have like a real affair. And then one night when she's awakened by all these, you know, ghostly hangouts, she sees lights across the lake and she goes outside. There's like water, like, like wet footprints on her dock. She like gets in this rowboat. She like rows across the lake and there's a house that looks like hers on the other side of the lake. But It's like her husband and then like some other woman in the house with him. And you're like, wait, is this a dream? What the fuck is going on? Like you can't discern between the two. You have no idea. Is this real life? Is she insane? Is she dreaming? Like we have no idea. Is the husband a good guy who just had some mental illness problems? Is her husband a psychopath? We, we have no idea. And like during the day she decides, okay, I'm going to go find, I'm going to go see if I can find this like creepy house that I found that looks exactly like my house, but a mirrored version. She goes into the house and she finds like, like this Blair Witch Project type doll with like all these Hellraiser pins sticking out of it. She takes it home with her. Oh, what the fuck? Seriously? In what world would you take that? We, I don't know, because my generation of people, like, we grew up with the Blair Witch and, like, all these creep, like, paranormal activity shit. You don't take those kind of things. You don't take the artifact. You know, we saw Indiana Jones. You know what happens when you try to lift an artifact from a place that's, like, locked up. It's a bad idea. So, of course, she takes it and... <laughs> God, this is just getting fucking worse, me telling this. Okay, so she ends up finding bodies in this house. Okay, so the house, like, when she was there at night, it was, like, this finished, beautiful house that looked exactly like her house that she lives in. But when she went there in the day, it was completely under construction. Like, the walls weren't filled in. It was, like, just basically a shell for a house. It wasn't a real house. So she goes in and she, like, finds bodies under the floor And then she's like, fuck, like my husband was a serial killer. And we go on some some more and it's like, okay, but you're not reporting this to the police because I would be pretty upset and think like, well, maybe he killed himself to stop him from killing other people. Like, I wouldn't know, but obviously I'd involve the police. But no, she's going to solve this mystery on her own. Did I mention she's a teacher, by the way? And... (laughs) She has like this weird confrontation with a student's parent who is upset about her child's grade. Like, I don't know why that scene was thrown in, I guess, to make it seem like she was maybe mentally unstable. But that was it was a weird scene. 
So she finds like the dead bodies. She takes the Blair Witch artifact. She's um, seeing all these ghostly apparitions at night. La 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 la. We keep going. Her friend is obviously worried about her, which, yeah, I'd be pretty worried if one of my friends started reporting that she was seeing shit in her house and was like (laughs) traipsing around in the woods all by herself and like locating dead bodies. I mean, like these, these are concerning things, right? No, it's fine. And, uh, oh, she sees ghosts outside of her house, like girls running past her and like going off a cliff Random weird shit that doesn't seem to belong to necessarily anything, but is somehow all tied together. (sighs) So, moral of the story, the end of the story, is that when she died as a teenager, quote unquote, she died, but she was brought back and death was upset because death did not get to keep her. And I was like, this sounds familiar. And then my one of my kids was watching Harry Potter this weekend. And I realized that this was the fucking plot for like how that invisibility cloak was created, right? Was the story of like death getting cheated. And I was like, wow, okay. We just straight stole that whole idea. Okay, so death was displeased that she was brought back to life and was like following her around. And uh I guess this was supposed to be some big, huge metaphor for um, depression. So in the end, it was sort of like the Babadook, where it's like there's a monster, but it's not really a monster. It's mental illness that's following you around and being scary and creeping you out. And and it it, it just sort of abruptly ends where it's like you think she's going to kill herself, but she doesn't. And it turns out that her husband was like killing all these women who looked like her to try and like make offerings to death of like, here, you can have her instead. But they call, they don't call it like death. They call it like the nothing. And I was like, and that's from the never ending story. Come on, man. Like we can't have any original ideas anymore. So it started out as like, okay, this is going to be kind of a fun, scary night movie, whatever. And then at the end I was like, okay, this blows. I can't believe I wasted like two hours on this shit. Two hours, I'll never get back. And then, um, like a dumbass, I'm like flipping around on Netflix. Like I'm going to find something I want to watch on there. Oh, I did actually find out they're going to, speaking of Netflix, they're going to have a third season of Unsolved Mysteries, which I'm really excited about because I've rewatched all two seasons, all 12 episodes several times. I really enjoy them. I grew up watching Unsolved Mysteries with um, Robert Stack, like, back in the 90s. I was super into that show. I loved that show. Like, as a little kid, I was super into that. So the fact that they brought it back is pretty awesome. But I was over the moon that they're going to have probably fucking six more episodes. Like, why can't we get 12? There's a lot of goddamn unsolved mysteries out there. There's got to be something else you can do. But, okay, cool Netflix. Just give it to us six at a time every two years. So... Flipping around on Netflix, I keep signing into Netflix because I keep hoping I'm going to sign on and there's going to be the new season of Peaky Blinders and then I'm disappointed. Or Dairy Girls. I'll take that too. Um, And it offered me up instead of any of the ones I was looking for, um, The Cave, which I'd never heard of before, but apparently it came out in 2005. 
And uh, I watched the trailer and I was like, is this the boy version of The Descent? Because it sort of felt like that. <clears throat> um, <laughs> this movie was so dumb. So The Descent is a really good movie. Let me Let me insert that there. If you're looking for like just a straight horror movie, it's it's a good sort of original tale. I mean, now I don't know which came first. Like maybe this movie, The Cave, came first and maybe The Descent was lifted. I don't know which came first, Chicken or the Egg. But apparently they came out the same year, which I was surprised about. Um. Okay, so <laughs> the movie starts and it just says like 30 years ago, so whatever. I'm guessing if we're doing this in 2005 time, this was like, what, back in the 70s? Uh, 30 years ago, some thieves tried to like pillage this old church and um, they realized the quote cave that they're trying to get to is under the ground. So they uh, put some like explosives and set them off and they go into the cave, but then they don't realize that they've triggered an avalanche in the mountains above them. And they're basically like buried alive into the cave. And then it's like the end. So now we are in current times, 30 years later, this church has been just buried underneath all these rocks for years. And it's set in the, I think I'm saying this right. The Carpathian mountains, which is in Northeast Romania. Thank you. Google maps. And, um, there's like an excavation team and they're trying to find the church and like, you know, go through and pull everything out. And they end up hiring some divers because they realize in the cave there is, there's like this huge underground water system. So they hire these like quote unquote world famous divers to come in and explore these underwater caves because they don't know where they lead and they don't know what's underneath here and there's treasure maybe. So, um, <laughs> so they go in and there's like all these random people and, uh, Piper Parabo is in this and the chick from Game of Thrones who played, um, uh, I, I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but, um, Lena, Hedy, I think is her name, right? She had kind of like long hair on Game of Thrones. She was in it. Um, some other people that you would be like, oh, that guy. Oh, that guy. But like, you have no idea what their names are. Um, they're all in it. So they go into this cave. And of course, they get stuck in the cave because of course they do. So they have to venture like further into the cave and... Like, slowly, one by one, like, giant creatures start attacking them. And, like, e so each one of them has, like, a job, right? So there's, like, the navigator, and there's, like, the biologist, but they're all part of this whole dive team. So, um, Lena Hedy's character... Is her name Lena Hedy? Am I making this up? I feel like that's wrong. I feel like I'm saying her name wrong. I'm just gonna call her the, the Game of Thrones chick. Okay, so she is, like, collecting samples from down in the cave to, like, check out the um, bacteria and all the little organisms down there. And she realizes there's, like, a parasite down there. And it's in everything that they find. And, and so then, like, this creature attacks one of them and, uh, like, scratches the fuck out of him or bites him or something. 
and he manages to like like fight the creature off and sort of like lob off part of the creature's like I don't know if it's like a talon or like a fang or what the fuck it is. It looks like a little lobster claw. Not a lobster claw. I guess like a kind of like a lobster claw. And he like brings it back with them. So they take samples and they realize the parasite was in the creature too. And uh, the guy who gets attacked slowly, of course, starts changing over the course of the movie. And uh, they realize because they're stuck in the cave, like they... In order to get out, they have to keep going, which is basically what happens in the descent, too. Like, we can't go back the way we came. We have to, like, literally fight our way out to the end to be able to get out of this alive. So, like, one by one, they're, like, picked off. And the guy who was bitten or whatever, or scratched or whatever the fuck, like, his eyes start changing. (laughs) They have, like... I mean, like, the contacts were so shitty in this, but... (laughs) It looks sort of like a cross, I guess, is his eye, like his eyes began changing and his personality began changing. And it was the parasite that was like inside of him. And I was like, wow, that look, it works awfully fast to be this living in the dark organism that hasn't had a new organism in like 30 years. And then as they're going along, they see another creature comes at them and they see that it's got like, um, like tattoos on it. And they realize that it used to be a person. So basically, all the people down there who get the organism are going to start changing into these monsters. So now they're like super motivated to get the fuck out. And of course, you know, things keep going tits up. And people keep getting picked off. And by the time they get out, I think there's like uh, two or three of them that managed to get out at the end. And... uh, the Game of Thrones chick is one of them. <clears throat> and like, I don't remember her getting attacked. Like my, <laughs> as the movie went on, my attention span started waning a little bit. I was sort of like checking my text messages and like scrolling through social media. So I was sort of like half in and out paying attention to this because it just, it started to get so bad. It was so bad. So, um, she gets out and <laughs> there's this, you know, wannabe cryptic scene at the end where she's wearing sunglasses and she's talking to the other guy that escaped with her and um he's asking her about the parasite that they had found and was like but you know that wouldn't be able to survive like on the surface right and she's like oh I think it wants to survive out here and then she like takes her sunglasses off and her eyes have the weird like cross thing and then she gets up and walks away into the crowd. And he's unable to find her. Dun, dun, dun. So now it's going to spread all over the world. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It was it was pretty dumb. And they tried to throw like some religious aspect. Like this is where people from the church would like fight demons or something. And I was like, is it a demon or is it a parasite? Like, can we agree? Like, where like where are we going with this? Is this like a biological thing that happened? Uh, is this like an act of God that ha like pick a lane? It it's not both because that's dumb, right? Like God didn't make these like weird thing like <laughs> albino creatures with like wings or like not wings, like they swim in the water. What? It doesn't even make sense. Like what kind of thing is this, and why does it randomly turn your eyes into like cross like? 
I don't know. It was fucking weird. I don't know why I watched. I keep like I have such high hopes for horror movies and I don't know why. I'm in my 40s. I should know better that all horror movies are going to suck. Um, but then, okay, so I did not see the Batman in the movie theaters because I don't really go to the movie theaters very much anymore. I just don't. I used to all the time. Like in my early 20s, I went every week and I saw like all the new movies that were out. But um, now I'm just like, when is it coming to streaming? Because I like being able to pause it and get up and go get snacks Uh, so the Batman is now on HBO if you have it. And I tried to like avoid spoilers. Like I had seen the trailers uh, and I knew like some of the people who were in it, but I tried to sort of purposely not find out the plot because I wanted to just go in with a fresh mind. And I had so many thoughts like my husband, he was like way more into it than I was. I was sort of making fun of it. I'm not, okay, I'm not an R-Pats fan, and I'm pretty open about that, but he was in this movie called The Devil All the Time, and I thought that movie was fucking awesome, and he was fucking amazing in it. That was literally the only time I've seen him in a movie and been like, holy shit, he's a good actor. Besides that, I'm sort of like, eh, no thanks. So, I, (laughs) his whole persona in this movie just came across to me as one of the goth kids from South Park with like the hair and the face and like sort of the the weird like crooked stances like it's so weird to me because like when he's quote the Batman he's like standing up tall and he like walks with confidence and like he's on a mission right but then when you see him around the house he's sort of slinking around like the creepy brother from Wedding Crashers, right? What? Like, pick pick a lane. <laughs> You're the same person. And why? Why? I don't know. And you have that whole element of the fact that Batman's just a man. So when he's fighting and doing all these things, I mean, okay, maybe you can take an ass kicking when you're in your 20s. But like the older you get, you really just, you can't get kicked in the face and punched in the face over and over and not have any bruises, you know? And it's like, he's (laughs) walking around his house, like with no clothes on, but it's like his body is not covered with like injuries. So I always have a problem with that because they always seem to miss that part where he would probably be (laughs) mainlining like oxycodone or something if he was actually a person doing these crazy fights all the time like every night like how many times can you break your ribs anyways I digress I thought Paul Dano as the Riddler was fucking amazing and you know the only reference that I have for the Riddler is the the very very old one like the Adam West Batman so there was that Riddler who was corny And then there was the Jim Carrey one, which was fucking awful. It was so awful. That movie was horseshit. So I knew they were going to do the Riddler, but I didn't like look into like what he was going to look like. I wanted like it fresh. And I thought it was so good the way they did it, where he's actually like creepy and he's a quote villain, but he's also insane 
And it really came across like with all his puzzles, like when they go into the house, it felt, it felt very like seven where they go into um, the Kevin Spacey's character, his apartment. And there's like all this shit written out, like, like books and books and books of just crazy writing and ramblings. And he was, he felt believable as someone who had been pushed to the brink and snapped and he was so unhinged and crazy, but he thought he had this whole plan and he had this whole thing that he was making out and making it happen. So I thought he did a really good job. Um, Zoe Kravitz, obviously amazing. She's probably my favorite version of Catwoman now. Uh, just because she's, she's really good in everything she does. She puts so much emotion into her characters that they feel almost like relatable, even though sometimes she plays characters that are not really of our world or like they're kind of far out, but she always makes them very relatable and emotional. And you always feel sort of a connection to them, which I appreciate. And, um, Colin Farrell <laughs> looks ridiculous as the penguin. Uh, like if, if I hadn't known that Colin Farrell was the penguin, I wouldn't have known who he was except there were a couple times during the movie where if you've ever heard Colin Farrell, like in an interview or whatever, you could hear slight inflections of his voice. Like when he was yelling, you could hear the Colin Farrell there. Ah, oh, there he is. Ah, oh, there he is. <laughs> because it's, it's sort of hard to turn off the accent all of the time. And I think definitely when people get emotional, it's really hard to turn their accent off. So that was literally the only bone I had to pick with uh, with his character was that like he would slightly come out of his character when he was screaming. But besides that, I thought he did a really good job. Like I, I promise if I if I didn't know that was Colin Farrell, I would have had no idea who that character was being played by. Um. Jeffrey Wright, who's amazing in everything, he, you know, I just recently saw him in the French Dispatch and he's such, he's so good. Like he's so good at playing anything, any kind of role. I do think I like him in the French Dispatch better because just this role is, there's so, there's, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of meat to it, I guess would be the way to describe it. Like these characters are always sort of secondary background players. And I feel like he can actually do better work as um, like as a front player. So that was a little disappointing. Andy Serkis as Alfred, you know, he was really good. Peter Sarsgaard showing up. Um, John Turturro, obviously all good. I mean, it was an amazing cast. I just wasn't necessarily feeling the length of the film. It seemed to go on until the end of fucking time. It was like three fucking hours to tell this story. And I definitely felt like there were, there were things that could have been cut that weren't completely necessary. Um, I also didn't understand necessarily about the backstories that they gave to Catwoman and um, the Joker. I, I, not the Joker, the Riddler. I just realized what I said. Um, I didn't read the comics. I've only, my only instances with Batman have been the TV show and then the movies, all the movies 
with all the Batmans. So I don't know complete backstories of all these characters. So I don't know if they just took liberties and just decided to make it up that Catwoman was part of the mob family just by birth. Um, I don't know if the Riddler was, um, you know, an orphan in the Wayne orphanage. I don't know if that was a backstory or they just made that up because it seemed sort of convenient for the situation. Um, the whole like club scenes didn't really get into that. The whole blowing of the, the levees, I guess around the city to make it flood. (laughs) Like when I realized that was happening, I was like, fuck, this is fucking terrifying. And they didn't really even touch on that. That was sort of (laughs) washed over, shall we say in the movie. Like, it was just sort of like, oh, yeah, we're flooding the city and a bunch of people are going to die. And it was like, wait, but wait, what? 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 Why are we not focusing on how horrific that is? But we're spending all this time, like, in a club, making sure we know that there's, like, sleazy things and sleazy people in the club. It's a it's a dark, creepy mob club. I feel like if you just get that description, you're going to be under the impression that there's 'er ne'er-do-wells and it's going to be an unsavory sort of place. It felt like we spent way too much time there. Um, I don't understand how Batman's supposed to be this super smart guy who gets riddles like instantaneously, but he couldn't figure other simple things out. It was like, wait, is he smart? Or is he not so... Pick a lane. I feel like that's sort of the theme for for this <laughs> podcast is pick a lane, pick a lane, pick a lane. Because it sort of seems like things are all over the place. You can't decide if it's, are we going to go this way? Are we going to go this way? We're just going to leave it up to the viewer to decide. But I, I don't want to decide. I want you to tell me. You tell me. Is this character supposed to be smart or is he an idiot? You know, he goes and just believes this, whatever this mob boss guy tells him and thinks that Alfred lied to him. Like, that's your first thought? You were coming up with answers to riddles? Like, before I even had time to process what they said the riddle was. But you couldn't think that, oh, maybe a mob boss may not be telling the truth to me about something? Come on. That was dumb. So, I... I really wasn't a huge fan of it. The problem I feel like is there's so many Batman movies now and everything's just going to get compared and compared and compared. And um, they did have the uh, the cameo by the Joker at the end. And I couldn't figure out who was playing him. I had to look it up. It was the guy who um, from the Eternals who I think his name was like Druig. He was the guy who could, like, control people's minds or whatever. So, which I was like, oh, that guy? Huh. Okay. Didn't imagine him as that character, but uh, cool. Well, let's go with it. So, I don't know if they're going to continue it on and keep going. Michael Keaton is forever going to be my favorite Batman. That, to me, is, like, pinnacle Batman. Christian Bale is... Maybe, 
maybe next. I just, I'm not super into Robert Pattinson. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I don't really enjoy him being a front runner of a movie and his Twilight stares that he did in the, the Batman 2. It was like, oh my God, whatever his name was in that movie that I only saw because of Rift Tracks. It, it, that blank, creepy, I'm trying to look into your soul, but I'm not that deep sort of look on his face. I'm just not into it. So that was that was kind of a downer, too. I did not see anything that I was, like, super impressed with this past week. So that's a bummer. Um, but I have officially taken off work on May 6th to go see Doctor Strange. I'm super excited about it. That's going to be awesome. Uh, I've been thinking about trying to see that movie. I think it's called anything, anything anywhere or everything everywhere. It's the other Marvel movie about the, the lady who time travels. I don't know much about it. I only saw like one trailer. It didn't seem like they were really pushing that movie. I don't understand why I heard it's supposed to be really good. Um, one of my coworkers ended up seeing it and he said it was quote emotional and I said, like, how? And he's like, oh, it was just emotional. And I was like, like, did you cry? And he's like, no. <laughs> like, okay, that's not helpful. So I don't, I still don't really know much about it. I don't know much about the um the, the fictional character that she plays. But um, yeah, that's just about all I've got. Um trying to think if there's anything else. I don't I really don't think there is. I've I've just been sort of circling the drain with my movies. Uh, what a bummer. Okay. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I wish I had made this more interesting, but, um, but the, I'm just, the material I'm being given is just not enough for me to say anything positive. I feel like everything is just so negative. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to try to find some happier things to watch, uh, for next time, or at least something that I can make a little bit more fun of because, there's some substance to it, so I can try to find something in a riff track sort of way. But right now, I just feel like I'm <laughs> I'm like reporting the, the worst possible stories that I can. Sorry about that. And I also hope like it wasn't too hard to listen to me with my gravelly throat right now. Um, hopefully the pollen will get a little bit better as we get closer to the summer. And um, yeah, I will talk to you guys soon. So thanks for listening and talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for joining me and be sure to check out the podcast on social media. Talk to y'all soon. Bye.